everybody, and welcome back to I Just Want to Talk About the Bible. If this is your first time joining us, then welcome. I'm glad that you're here. My name is Christian Keeter, and I live in the southeast of the United States of America with my amazing, beautiful, godly wife, Lacey, and our two wonderful daughters, Felicity and Serenity. Many of you guys will remember um, from your childhood or maybe your adulthood, I guess that's cool too, um, the little connect the dot pictures. Um, you, you would sit down with a pen or a pencil, a crayon, colored pencil, marker, something, and you would, well, you'd connect the dots. There would be dot number one to dot number two to dot number three to dot number four. And there would be like dozens of these things. And from your perspective at first, it's just a, you know, blank piece of paper with a ton of dots on it. But yet, as you connected the dots, the picture began to become clear and clear. So you connect dots one and two, and you're like, okay, cool, that's amazing, it's a line. And then you connect dots two and three, and you're like, wow, it's a crooked line now. It's a slightly longer crooked line. And then dots three and four and so on. But after a while, as you begin to really connect the dots, the picture comes into focus and you begin to see, oh, this is a raccoon in the woods or, oh, this is a dolphin in the ocean or whatever the connect the dots picture is. And then it's actually, you kind of feel incredible afterwards. You're like, I'm an artist. Like I drew this, I drew that raccoon. I drew that dolphin and it's amazing. And in reality, somebody else is an artist and we just got to connect the dots, but it, but it still makes us feel great about ourselves. But the point that I want to make today is that this idea of connecting the dots is actually a, a really helpful uh, image um, for what it looks like to gain wisdom from the Lord. Now, wisdom is something that we all need, um, whether we realize it or not. But I would say that the majority of us, if not all of us, see our need for wisdom. We see that we need the Lord's guidance. We see that we need his help in um making, you know, just day-to-day -day decisions. And I'm not even necessarily talking about between right and wrong and good and bad. It's about just various scenarios where it's like, okay, here is X scenario and Y scenario and Z scenario. And all of them kind of have pros and cons. And I don't necessarily know the right thing to do. I need wisdom. Examples could include things like, um, should I take this job or should I take that job? Uh, which school should I apply to or go to? I mean, there's all sorts of scenarios like that where it's like we just need practical wisdom you know, from the Lord to show us the right thing to do. Um, it could be something like, oh, we're in the middle of a tense situation and we want to help be a peacemaker in the situation between these two parties that are at odds. How can... We most effectively do that. Um, I mean, you, every area of life, really. I mean, buying a house, you know, is this, we, we just need the Lord to show us uh, what would be best. And because he sees things that we don't see. And so we, we just, we desperately need wisdom from him. And I'll say wisdom is not just a function of, um, it's not just a function of, knowing exactly the right thing to do necessarily, I would say it's also a function of having the Lord's perspective on a situation. So I'll go ahead and say, um, in my life, there are, uh, I actually have a document entitled wisdom slash perspective. And it's not because I'm so wise and have so much perspective. It's is rather just kind of me compiling, um, all of this stuff that the Lord is showing me about this, that I'm learning, writing down scriptures. And part of this document is what the Lord is currently teaching me. 
and uh, and underneath that uh, also current prayers for wisdom and perspective. And so it has a whole lot of stuff in there. But under current prayers for wisdom and perspective, I have 13 items written here right now. And so there's just a lot of areas where I'm like, okay, I really need the Lord to show me, to kind of pierce through the clutter, to, because, you know, things get cloudy. You know, think, uh, decisions get cloudy when you introduce things like multiple potential options. Um, uh, you introduce things like emotions and just various circumstances and all sorts of stuff. Things can become really cloudy. And so we just need the Lord to pierce through and to make things clear. And, uh, you know, like I said, on this list also is not only guidance things, but also perspective things. So, for example, one of the perspective things I have, and I shared about this a little bit in the last episode. I'm just going to, you know, give you an example just to kind of help ground this and and help it make more sense. But I shared in the previous episode that I don't like conflict, um, tense scenarios. Um, uh, I don't like tense interactions with people. And, uh, that's something that at, at points in my life in the past, that's something I've avoided. And I have shared, I shared in the previous episode as well, that there were just various scenarios that the Lord was leading me into where it's like, no, the, I, I can't, I, I can't run away from this. I actually need to go through this. I need to do it right. Like I need to be, uh, to obey the scriptures and to do things with, you know, gentleness and not jump to conclusions and all this sort of stuff. But I, I need to, I need to go into this. And so one of the perspective changes I need um, would be uh, not so much to be like, Lord, please shield me from any tense situation ever again. And please shield me from all conflict ever. Amen. And it's like, I mean, and the reality is that we live in a world where it's just going to come along. It's going to happen. Um, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, right? And if, if, why do we need peacemakers? Well, because peace needs to be made. It implies a lack thereof, right? And so it's like, um, so the scriptures just acknowledge that, you know, there's there's going to be situations like this um, in, in the world. And, and there's plenty of other scriptures that I could, you know, reference as well. But uh, so this isn't a, a matter of Lord, you know, this is a matter of asking for a change in perspective. Lord, help me see this whole thing differently so that it's not something that's so aversive to me. And instead of just trying to shield myself from the discomfort of tense scenarios and conflict and things like that, rather, I can pass through these things in a godly, edifying way where all parties emerge better for it, right? Like that would actually be better. Um, and so a, a change in perspective and, um, so that's just one example. So uh, let me, um, let's look at some scriptures here uh, about this, about wisdom. I'm going to James chapter one. And some of you will already know where I'm going because this is one of the foremost passages on wisdom. Um, let's just, uh, let's begin in verse five, I think. Yeah, verse five. James 1, 5, we'll read verses um, 5 and 6, say, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And, you know, I'm actually going to read through the next two verses as well. Verses 7 and 8 it goes on to say, For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Okay, so 
specifically focusing, um, let's start at verse five here. So it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, which I mean, that's, that's all of us. I mean, we all find ourselves in scenarios where we just say, I don't know the right thing to do. I need a different perspective on this scenario, or I need the Lord to guide me as to what I should specifically do in this scenario to, to show me what course of action is right. And so this is, all of us lack wisdom at various points. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Okay. So what do we do if we lack wisdom? We ask God. We ask God. And then it goes on to say, describing God, it says, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. So it says if we lack wisdom, let's ask God about it. Let's ask God for it. And then it says that he gives it generously. Generously. He gives it generously. Not not stingy, stingily. Is that a word? Stingy, you know, uh, but not, it's not, it's not like he's withholding it. It's, it's lavish. It's generous. In fact, the word translated as generous, um, it's, uh, haplos, um, again, for, for those who, who care about the Greek word, haplos, it means simply, openly, frankly, or sincerely. So think about that. God gives wisdom generously, simply, openly, frankly, sincerely, it's not like some sort of game. It's not like, oh, we have to jump through hoops and do this crazy, you know, it's like, no, ask for wisdom. And he just, he simply gives it. He openly gives it. He sincerely gives it. He gives it generously. And so this is something that we need to understand and we need to really wrap our minds around because we're going to talk about the part where it says we must ask in faith. Uh, in a minute. And for us to do that well, we have to really understand verse five here. And I'll talk about why that is in just a minute. And, um, and actually before proceeding, I just want to, I just want to say that I, a a lot of what I'm going to be sharing today, uh, is something that, um, my, that I have learned from, uh, a guy who's discipling me. Um, I was meeting with him recently and as we were talking through some things and he was explaining, uh, some of this to me, the Holy Spirit just, I feel like, took it and just planted it in my heart and it began to grow and to spread. And you can relate to this, um, where you hear somebody say something, you hear maybe in a sermon, but something happens that where the Holy Spirit just takes it and puts it in your heart and it just clicks and it just begins to grow. And so that was my experience. Um, and so a, a lot of what I'm sharing will be stuff that I, I heard from him and um just ways that I've been able to apply that. And so I just wanted to say that to give credit um, where that is, where that is due. Um, So, but, but returning to the passage, uh, let's return back here to, let's see here, or James one five down here. So we just talked about the word generously. It's a beautiful, beautiful word. Haplos, just what it means. Just, you know, simply, but he says, let's see here, let him ask generously, uh, or let him ask of God. And then it says, and God will, um, sorry, I lost my place there. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. Reproach. And so he says, it says he does it without reproach. And to reproach means to, uh, the word can mean, well, it can mean reproach. It can mean upbraid, revile, um, it can uh, just mean this kind of, it carries the idea of, um, you know, just this negative, like, criticism. Because, again, reproach is not a word that we often use. I mean, in English, the word reproach means to address someone in such a way as to express disapproval or disappointment. Um, uh, the word upbraid means to find fault 
with someone or to scold them. Uh, to revile someone is to criticize in an abusive or angrily insulting manner. And what this passage is saying is that is the opposite of how God responds to our request for wisdom. It says, without reproach. He is not going to insult us for needing wisdom. He's not going to criticize us. He's not going to heap insults upon us. He's not going to um, disapprove of us. I mean, he gives it generously. In fact, um, let me read you uh, that same verse from the New Living Translation. I've been reading in the English Standard Version. The NLT has James 1.5 as, if, if you need wisdom... Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Isn't that beautiful? And so here in this one verse, we have, if any of you lacks wisdom, which both my hands are raised in the air right now. Please, Lord, I lack wisdom. Help me. Give me wisdom, Lord. And it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. And so there's a couple more things I want to highlight from this passage. Notice how it says, who gives generously, how it says, who gives generously to all without reproach. It doesn't say to some. It doesn't, there, there's not this whole, um, well, God will give some people wisdom, but he probably won't give me wisdom. No, it says he gives to all without reproach. He gives generously to all without reproach. And so that, this applies to you. This applies to me. And then look at the end of the verse, and it says, and it will be given him. It doesn't say it might. It doesn't say it could. It says it will be given him. This is so important for us to understand. Because if we don't really wrap our mind around the truths in verse 5, then we're going to, going to do the very thing that verse 6 tells us not to do, which is to doubt. So going down to verse 6, it continues and says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And so we know that it's kind of a, a frequent thing in the scriptures. You know, Jesus would be, uh, somebody would come to Jesus and he would say things like, let it be done to you according to your faith. And so here we we need to, It's it, the text explicitly says we need to ask this in faith. We need to pray this prayer believing that God will answer it. Um in fact, Hebrews, let me pull up Hebrews 11 right here. Hebrews 11:6, 6, famous passage on faith. It says, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. He rewards those who seek him. And so, returning back to James 1 here, we have to ask in faith. In other words, when we need wisdom, we need to ask God to give us wisdom and then believe that he will do it. And that's not putting words in God's mouth. That's not trying to like force God to do something. On the contrary, it's just believing that he will do what he's already said. Because what does verse 5 say? It says if we ask, he will give it. It's not limited to um, only specific people. And not only will he give it, he'll give it generously. And not only will he give it generously, he'll do it without insulting us, without heaping disapproval on us, without any of that. It's clear that the Lord wants to give us wisdom. We just need to ask. And so, um, you know, I referenced uh, my mentor earlier, and one with regard to verse 6, he says, uh, he asked, well, how do you get the doubt out? Um, he says, because well, the verse says, well, let him ask in faith with no, with no doubting. How do you get the doubt out? And so uh, he and I were talking and we talked about um, things like Romans 10, 17, which says, um, 
So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And so I would just encourage you, the best way to get the doubt out is to, I, I would suggest, and I, I'm not going to say this is the best way, but I mean, this is just kind of where I am and what I've learned. In this scenario, for example, memorize, meditate on um, verse 5. We, verse 5 of this, which is the one about you know lacking wisdom, the one we've just spent a couple of minutes talking about. In fact, um, that same man gave me a list of, uh, of, of potential things we can do. To, to help us to practically really meditate on the scriptures. And so some of the ideas are um, to memorize the passage, to do word studies, to look up cross-references, to journal any additional thoughts or notes. And, um, and then to consider how what the Lord is showing us through the passage connects with our lives. And this is going to be uh, where um, this whole passage connects with what I was talking about at the beginning, which is the dots connecting. So we... We we ask God for wisdom. Now, a couple of things I'll say. It does say that God will give us wisdom. It doesn't say when or how God will give us wisdom. But it says it, he will give us wisdom. And so as we ask, we need to go around expecting him to answer that prayer because he said he would in his word and keep our eyes open. Look around. Look for things that are relevant to this. And so it could be via a circumstance. It could be through a scripture. It could be just through something that you feel like God speaks directly to your heart. It could be through another person. Um, It could be through a podcast, a sermon, or whatever. But as you are, you know, praying through, asking God for wisdom in a specific area, which, by the way, it's good to pray specific prayers. Um, I've heard it said, if you want specific answers, then pray specific prayers. Um. But, you know, as we're doing this, it's important to take notes, to take note of whenever there are things that happen that are relevant to that, um, to connect the dots. And so this is what this could look like. And this is actually what I'm doing. I have a folder on my, um, under my notes, it's called Current Lessons from the Lord. And then underneath that, I have various different, um, various different topics, uh, various different areas where I feel like the Lord is doing things uh, in my life and teaching me things, expanding my perspective, challenging me, um, developing me, and so forth. And so I've already, you know, referenced like the whole thing with conflict and how the Lord is developing in that. And so I have one. It's called um, Conflict Slash Difficult Conversations. And underneath there... um, I have kind of a consolidated part of, you know, what the Lord has been teaching me, but then I have a section called how the, or how dots are connecting. And I have multiple dots here. Uh, and by dots, I mean bullet, uh, bullet points of things that are relevant to this, things that have happened that fall under this category, things that, uh, situations I found myself in where I've kind of had to lean into scenarios or things that I've learned from people that helped me to, um, progress through such situations. I'm just using the example of difficult conversations just to, you know, put some flesh on this thing. And so, you know, asking, remember, one of the areas that I need wisdom and perspective is to have the right perspective on conflict and difficult circumstances or difficult conversations. And the Lord is answering that little by little. And so imagine that in, with sticking with the whole connect the dots thing, envision that each one of these, you know, bullet points is just connecting a couple of dots where it's like the more of these things that I note that happen, more of these things that the Lord brings into my life, whether it be through other people, through um, circumstances, through prayer, through his word, whatever it may be, the clearer the picture becomes and the more wisdom he gives. Now, I mean, 
Listen, I would love to just say, Lord, please give me wisdom. And then boom, there's wisdom. Just kind of like Solomon, uh, where he just asked for wisdom. And, you know, I'm, I do not deny that the Lord can absolutely do that. I mean, I, he absolutely can, but I'm just saying, let's broaden our idea and expectation of how to gain that wisdom so that we don't actually miss it when it comes. Because I believe there's probably a lot of prayers that the Lord has answered in my life and a lot of prayers for wisdom and things like that, that I might not have even noticed because I wasn't looking for it or making note when things happen. And therefore, if we see just one dot or just one, you know, two dots, one line, it doesn't look like it has any intrinsic significance. It just looks like a line. But the more of these things that we connect, the clearer the picture becomes. So if you're asking God for wisdom, if you need his guidance, what I'm talking about right now where you're like noting these things is an act of faith. Remember it says, but let him ask in faith. This is an act of faith. It's like, I'm going to write these things down because I believe I'm going to have a journal of some kind because I believe God is going to answer this prayer. I believe he's going to show me. I believe he's going to speak to me. I believe he's going to open my eyes. He's going to expand my perspective. He's going to guide me, show me what I need to do. And I care so much about what God has to say that I'm actually going to write it down and I'm going to revisit it and I'm going to come back to it and I'm not going to forget it. And I'm going to write down relevant scriptures um, I'm going to think on those and you know, this is, this is how we do this. Um, this is how we connect the dots. And, uh, like I said, my, um, you know, uh, this, this man that I, that I meet with, he was, uh, when he pointed this out, this specifically talking about how dots connect and it wasn't even like necessarily, I think the main point of what he was saying, but it just like, I, and I just grabbed onto it and it just clicked for, it just made sense. And I was like, yes. And so I just put in the time and really tried to organize some things in a way where I could keep track of dots that are connecting. And so, you know, James one, let's, let's stay here a little while longer because there's more in this passage to talk about here. You know, let me back up verses two through four. Um, in chapter one, we started reading in verse five, but let's back up to two through four because I, I want to, highlight something here. So verses two through four says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That's the end of the passage. And so I don't know about your experience, but in my experience, verses two through four and then verse five have been a lot of times, not all the time. I've seen times where people have kind of connected them. But for me, at least personally, I've generally, for the most part, viewed these things as separate matters. Where it's like, okay, verses two through four, um, they're about, uh, you know, trials and being developed. And then verse five is about wisdom. However, like we've already seen, sometimes what wisdom is, is having the right perspective. It's not necessarily a, a change in circumstances. It's not necessarily... Um, you know, and I'm, again, I'm not suggesting that we not pray for a change in circumstances. The Bible, you know, Jesus says in in Matthew seven, uh, and I'm going to come back to James here. What he said in Matthew seven, verses seven through eleven, he said, "Ask and it will be given to you; seek and you will find; knock and it will be opened to you." For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if your son, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? 
And that's the end of the verse. And so I would say, yes, absolutely. There is nothing wrong with praying for a change in circumstances. But I'm just saying that as we pray through a lot of things, because again, James 1, 2 through 4 is about trials. We need to also just say, Lord, please expand my perspective. Help me to see this whole situation rightly. You could even pray things like, Lord, what are you doing in this situation? Help me to see why things are unfolding the way they're unfolding. Um, Help me just to see things from your perspective. And so... Uh, you know, James, and I've talked about James 1, 2 through 4 um, in, in other episodes of this podcast, so I'm not going to reteach all of that. Um, in fact, even one of the more recent episodes uh, was largely about that passage, so you can go back and, and listen to um, that. It was called The Refiner's Furnace, I believe. And um, but it, But this whole thing, but then right after that, it flows right into If Any of You Likes Wisdom. And so, in fact, let me read you something here. Um, and that I wrote down. So recently, because I've, I've been spending a lot of time on these documents, trying to connect dots and stuff. And, um, you know, while thinking about James 1, 2 through 4, the passage we just read, in in connection with, you know, all this stuff, one thing that I feel like the Lord showed me was this. This is what I wrote down. Transformation doesn't happen overnight. Even if progress seems slow, even if nothing seems to be happening, the Lord is at work. He is doing something. I must just let steadfastness have its full effect. I must not try to circumvent the process. And that's the end of what I wrote there. But, And so again, I'm not suggesting that we not pray for circumstances to change. We absolutely should. The Bible encourages us in many places to pray for circumstances to change like that. And, you know, Jesus even, you know, asked it, it will be given to you. Um, uh, later in James, he, he says, uh, you, you have not because you ask not. Um, that's James 4. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, he, well, he says, in ver- I'll read all of it just to, for the sake of context. He says, this is James 4, 2 through 3. He says, you desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. But then he says, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And so, listen, the reason he says, the reason they, they ask and don't receive is because they ask with the wrong motive. But previously he says, you uh, you have not or you do not have because you do not ask. And so there is in there the implication of, hey, we should, you know, their prayer for a changed circumstance is perfectly, it's fine. However, there's more than just that. The Lord will use trials and situations to develop us. That's, I mean, that is, the scriptures are replete with examples of that sort of thing, I would say. And this passage in James 1 is just um, one of those examples. So, um, Returning to James 1, so we see it's like, okay, he will give wisdom. He will. We need to be diligent to look for the answer, to connect the dots. And praying for wisdom can also be praying for um, not just what to do in a scenario, but also to have God's perspective on the scenario, to ask him what he's doing. But when he shows us these things, we need to be to be diligent to not forget them. Um, you know, later in the same passage in James, down in verse 22, he says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And uh, that was James one twenty two, and so I mean, we need to we need to be diligent to whenever God shows us something, whenever He speaks to us, um, let's put ourselves in a position to really hear well by noting it, by writing it down, by returning to it. And so, because I mean, listen, it's it's kind of you know, if we're asking God to show us something, but then He shows it to us, and we don't even write it down, and we forget about it, like I mean, how helpful was that? And so, no, but I, I think that if we put ourselves in a position and we, we walk in faith, um, 
and show that faith by saying, I'm going to note this down. I'm expecting the Lord to speak, and I'm going to write down when he does, and I'm going to act on that. I'm going to obey. I'm going to follow his leading. Like, I think that that's a much, much better thing to do because, guys, I think that there's, again, like I said earlier, I think there's probably things that I've missed. I know there's things that I've missed. And there's always going to be things that, you know, that that we, that, uh, there's, that the Lord will do and um, that, that we won't always catch 100%. We won't always see perfectly what he's doing in our lives. We won't always make the wisest decisions. We won't always... Um, you know, uh, glean the wisdom that he offers so freely and generously. But guys, I don't want to miss those opportunities. Although we sometimes will, I want to miss as few of those as I can. I want to have ears to hear. I want to be able to um, just ask the Lord for wisdom and believe that he will give it and then walk in it. And so I I hope that um, just this passage, looking at James... um, uh, 1, 5 through 8 here, and uh, specifically verses 5 and, and 6, have really just shown you, it's like, okay, the Lord wants to, to do this. He's willing to do it. Remember with Solomon, I mean, when, when he asked for wisdom, it pleased the Lord that he asked for wisdom. In fact, let me uh, go to 1 Kings 5. I'm sorry, 1 Kings 3. It's 1 Kings 3 where he um, asked for wisdom. And so, um, Looking just here at First Kings three nine, um, this is the end of of what Solomon. Um, we, well, let me back up. You know, so um, says. Let's see. Um, verse five. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, "Ask what I shall give you." I'll just read through this whole passage actually. So this is going to be First Kings three five through ten. And Solomon said, this is resuming in verse 6, And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David, my father, although I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted uh, for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this your great people? So that was through verse 9. But then listen to verse 10. It says, It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And then it goes on and the Lord responds and says more stuff to Solomon. But I just want to highlight that one detail. Solomon asked for discernment, for wisdom to be able to fulfill the task that God had given him to be able to lead the people. But when you know Solomon asked for this discernment, an understanding mind, it says it pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. Now, I will say Solomon was very, very wise, but sometimes... I don't know how humble Solomon was. And so he, because uh, we know that Solomon's life is in many ways a tragedy by the end of it. He started out really strong, but little by little throughout his life, there's these red flags start popping up and then some pretty major things happen. And so it seems that there was a lot of wisdom, but not a lot of humility um, or, you know, submission or surrender um, to the Lord. But that's a different podcast episode for a completely different time. My point is simply to highlight the fact that, look, it pleases the Lord that Solomon had asked this. It, I believe it pleases the Lord when we ask for wisdom. Why, why else would he so 
openly, simply, freely, frankly, generously give us this wisdom. I mean, it's, it sounds like it's a prayer. Listen, the way that James 1.5 is written is like, it's like, it's a prayer that God's like ready to answer. It's, and I don't want to put words in the Lord's mouth, but it's almost like he's up there saying, just ask me for wisdom. Just ask me for wisdom. I am ready to give you wisdom. Ask me for guidance. Ask me for my perspective. Ask me for my help in this scenario. Like, ask me to help you um, to see you know and so i just want to encourage you with this we all need wisdom we all need it different ways in different times in different scenarios and i can't say exactly how it will come but if you, I, I will say based on the scriptures if you ask in faith it will come if you pray in faith the lord will give it to you and if you're having trouble praying in faith then spend some time meditating on verse 5 of james 1 just really thinking through it spend some time meditating on matthew 7 7 through 11 which we read earlier Spend some time meditating on Hebrews 11.6, which we read earlier, all the while asking the Lord, you know, God, I believe, help my unbelief. Increase my faith, Lord, help me. Listen, these are all praying things that are consistent with his will. And so you can pray those sorts of prayers with a lot of confidence. And so I want to end by reading somewhat of a lengthy passage out of Proverbs 2, um, but this is all about wisdom and just, I'm just going to read it. It's going to speak for itself. And so this is how we're going to close. Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 15. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness or walk in the ways of darkness um, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways that's a beautiful passage of scripture these are the things we need to be thinking on as we ask for wisdom it says there it says you know I, I again I, I I could just reread that entire passage, but ask for wisdom. Believe he will speak to you. Believe he will guide you. And one thing I will say in clo- closing, the opposite of asking for wisdom from the Lord is to decide what's right or wrong in our own eyes. That's a very dangerous place. You know, um, sometimes we make right decisions, sometimes we make wrong decisions, and even sometimes when we're trying to make right decisions, we make wrong decisions. Whenever we're doing things in our own wisdom, we need God's wisdom. We need to let him decide what's, um, for him to show us what's best, to decide which course of action is the best. We need for him to, to, um, to give us his wisdom, his perspective, his insight, and we need to be careful. Um, not to decide what is right or wrong in our own eyes, even with good intentions. We always need to be humble, always need to seek the Lord and ask for his help. 
Well, guys, as always, I hope that this was encouraging. I hope that it was practical for you. I hope that it was motivating. I, I know when I was first learning this stuff, it's very encouraging to me. And I'm you know going to continue to work through a lot of this myself. But it's, uh, it's a bit of a paradigm shifter as far as intentionally looking for wisdom. And so um, I hope that you guys uh, have a great rest of your week. And we will uh, be back next time. All right. God bless you.